0: So let's pray together. Father, this is your word and we're your people, and we pray that you would move tonight, that you would help us to see what it's like to run the race, and we pray these things in Christ's name, amen. All right, open your Bibles to Hebrews 12, 1. So that video, and by the way, the guy speaking in that video is a guy named John Piper, who actually speaks at the Passion Conference every year, so juniors... About to be seniors, get excited for that next year. College kids, get ready to go back. Hebrews 12.1 is where we were. and So we're going to read it, I'm going to walk you through a little bit of it, and then we're going to be done. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, here it is, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. That's Hebrews 12.1. So this is what's so awesome about this verse. is This verse is so good because it totally flies in the face of everything that you may think about Christianity and that the world thinks about Christianity. Because here's what it is. So many people think that Christianity is this. Start doing the good stuff and stop doing the bad stuff. And that's not a bad thing. Like That's part of it, but it's just part of it. Look at the verse again in the middle of it. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. It does not, look at me, it does not just say, don't sin. It doesn't just say that, there's another part to it. It also says, not only are we supposed to avoid sin, we're supposed to throw off these other things, lay aside every weight. Or some versions say encumbrance, whatever an encumbrance, I guess it's a weight, of what or everything that slows us down. It doesn't just say don't sin. And at first it sounds like, okay, awesome, like as if my sin wasn't enough, you've given me this other thing that I'm supposed to worry about as well. And I really haven't. I haven't made your workload heavier. I've made your relationship better. And since your relationship is better, your workload will actually get lighter from this. Let me explain what I mean. We're talking about dating coming up, so let's pretend for some of you. Let's pretend that you're dating somebody. Right? You're dating them, but you never, you never speak to each other. You never hang out. Like, like, like she comes to you, fellows or, or ladies. The guy comes to you if if you can go there. The guy comes to you and he says, you know, and it's like we don't hang out, we don't talk. You don't call, you don't write, you don't email, carry your pigeons, our snap streak is at zero, you always leave me on red, and she's getting like emotional, and it's rough, right? Learned what that meant today, by the way. Um, and, the, and, and But like, she comes to you with this, or he comes to you with this, and the other person responds with, yeah, but I'm not cheating on you, what are you complaining about? Well, that's not the point, like that's not the issue that you're not cheating, but But that's exactly what we do with this verse. We look at our lives with God and we say, well, I'm not sinning, so so God and I are good. I'm not sinning like he He is. He's way off base. Or she is so sinful, I'm so glad I'm not like her. Well, yeah, but the point of the verse isn't don't sin. The point is a relationship. Look at it again. Throw off every weight and sin that clings so closely so that we can run with endurance the race that has been set before us. This verse says to throw off every weight and sin. Or some versions say throw off every weight, especially sin. They're two different things. So yes, don't sin. But, but there's something else too. You see, God is not a system, right? The system is make sure you're well-behaved. Don't ever get your color changed. Do you remember this in elementary school? Like you've got the green and the yellow and the red, and she moves the, ugh, this is awful, this is awful. Don't, get, don't misbehave. Don't get your color changed. And we think that God is this God. Now, now ask yourself this when you get out of this room. When you're in your quiet time, begin to ask yourself this. We think that God is a God who says, as long as you are well behaved, we're good. As long as you're not cheating on me, we're good. Because that's what sin is. Sin is loving something more than God. That's what Hosea is all about, which we'll get to at some point. But this is what God is trying to tell us here. Can you imagine, like, think about your wedding day. Fellas, you think about it too. Don't, just don't even go there with me. Think about your wedding day, right? Do you really, like, like the wedding has just happened. Do you really want to leave the ceremony thinking, like, that was good? That was good. I'm glad the guests were here. That was cool. I'm glad. The groom showed up on time, which was, which was great. Um, she said everything she needed to say. So good. And the colors came out nice. So awesome. Is that really how you want to, like, you just got married? Is that how you want to leave? Or at the reception, at your wedding reception on the dance floor, can you really picture everyone standing there with their hands in their pocket? Like, like, I mean, they're here, so that, that's, that's good. Or like, you cut the wedding cake, and it's like fruitcake, and you're trying, and it's just awful, Right? So you end your wedding, your wedding, you end your wedding saying, guests were here, check, wedding cake, check, proper lines during the ceremony, check. No, believe me, no, that's not how it's going to go. Nobody wants to celebrate a relationship like that by checking off all the boxes, You want it to be full. You want your emotions to be full. Your joy to be full. You want it to be everything you imagined. This verse shows us that God wants a relationship like that with you. That's why it doesn't just say, don't sin. Be sure you check off the box. Throw everything off that prevents you from running with me. Do you see that? I want this to be full, is what God is saying. I don't want you to check off the box. I want you. And that's something that we need reminding of. Being a Christian is not God coming down and saying, you better behave. Being a Christian is the God of the universe. The God of the universe. Stopping His run. Coming to you. Extending His hand and saying, come with me. The author of Hebrews is saying, Now, let's go personal. The author of Hebrews, by reminding us to throw off these weights, he's saying, you're trying to run with God, but you don't like it right now. Running with God is exhausting. Running with God doesn't fill you up. Do you know why? Do you know why your relationship with God is static right now, why it's flat right now? because you're trying to run with God but you've got ankle weights and a backpack on while you're trying to do these things. Imagine trying to run with those things on. Funny as that would be to watch some of you. You just you can't do it. You would be tired all the time. You would be frustrated all the time, and there would be no joy in it. Does that not sound like some of your relationships with God? It's because you're carrying all this extra weight. Which is why these words in Hebrews are the sweetest ones right now. Because he's asking you to throw this off. For some of us, it's the weight maybe of comfort. Because it's like, it's Saturday, why would I want to be with God when I can sit in my bed and look at Instagram and Snapchat for the next 11 hours? And I get that. And you're allowed to do that. The issue with that is it's like filling your stomach with junk food and then when it's time to eat the stuff that's healthy and good, healthy food can taste good. I don't know where we got that. Like, When it's time to eat the real stuff that's good for you, your stomach is full and you can't enjoy it or you, there's no room for it. That's what comfort can do to us if we do it wrong. You've got to balance that. For some of you, it's, it's the sin that you won't deal with that's weighing on you. You want to be close to God, and this sounds good, but you're addicted to pornography. And you won't tell anybody because you're scared, but meanwhile, it's cutting your legs out from under you every time you want to get close to God. And so you just kind of brush it aside. Have you ever seen um, a little kid trying to take their backpack off? It's like the cutest, funniest thing in the history of the world. And like, like because there's like acrobatics involved and they have to like pop this out of place and like pull, and you're just like, Just let me help you. You know, you just come from behind and you just, hey, sometimes we need help getting this extra weight off. And that was really the job of the prophets in the Old Testament. So let's, we need to talk about prophecy a little bit here. Um, When I say the word prophecy, you think of this like, it's going to rain in three weeks, which is a super lame prophecy. But still, it gets the point across like, it's going to rain in three weeks. That's a prophecy because prophecy means to predict the future. But here's the issue with that the word prophecy didn't mean, was in no way associated with the future until medieval times, 900, 100, 100, 1100. Before then, the original meaning of to be a prophet, prophet in Greek means one who speaks out. But it doesn't mean like shout, like you can't just walk around, you know, I'm a prophet, and just go nuts in your hallway. One who speaks the divine will to others is a prophet. One who reveals God's will to others is a prophet. There's no shouting, there's no mist, there's no magic. One who reveals the will of God to others is a prophet. And think about it. If you ever go back in your Bibles and look at prophets, you'll see them, they rarely tell the future, rarely. But when they do tell the future, think about it. Help me out. Cindy Caravana, when they do tell, this is, this is a softball, I promise, I think. If, if, when they do tell the future, who do they get that vision from? Thank you. So it's not them, see this, when they are predicting the future, they're not predicting the future. They're telling you what God says about the future. Do you follow this? This is why when you, when you see people on TV or, or on the streets and they're fortune telling and all this stuff, it's not, it's not legit. This is not the biblical way. Because when the prophets did predict the future, it wasn't just for the sake of telling the future. It was always to help the people repent and hope. That was the purpose, to help the people repent and hope. classic example is Jonah. And you don't have to turn there. Because we talked about it last week. In Jonah chapter 3, verse 4, Jonah gives the worst sermon of all time. He just walks around saying, in 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. That's what he said. That's the end. In 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. He's telling God's prediction of the future. Nineveh, overthrown, 40 days, God said it. But Nineveh wasn't overthrown in 40 days. Because the people did what? They repented. So was God wrong? No, God's never wrong. Did God change his mind? Well, God doesn't really change his mind. It's like this. If you're, not that this happens with any of you, but let's say that you're misbehaving, right? And you like steal your brother's toy and he gets very upset about it and you're not giving it back because mm, whatever. And your dad kind of rounds the corner and sees this taking place and listen to what he says. He looks at you and says, I'm going to whip you. And so obviously you give the toy back very hastily, Right? But listen to what Dad just said. I'm going to whip you. Future tense. Prediction. He said it. I'm going to whip you. But it wasn't said as an absolute. It was said in love to help you get your heart right. And that was God's goal through the prophets. Not to tell the future. To get the heart of the people right. Prophets, see, prophets weren't fortune tellers. Prophets were more like marriage counselors. They were sent by God to his people, to his bride, to remind them of the covenant they had made. Isaiah 17, Isaiah, the guy, the prophet. Isaiah says this: For you have forgotten the God of your salvation, and you've not re- remembered the rock of your refuge. He doesn't say, up, 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 you've sinned. No, he says you've forgotten God. That's why you sinned. It's not just that you started sinning, it's that you stopped running. Last one, listen to Revelation 2, 2-4. to This is the angel speaking to the church at Ephesus. Listen to what it says. I know your works, your patience, your endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil. You've tested those who have called themselves apostles, and they're not, and you've found them to be false I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and I know you haven't grown weary. So he's listing all these good things that they've done. But then verse 4, But I have this against you. You have forgotten your first love. You see, God says, I see your works. I see the good that you're doing. You've stopped sinning, but you've forgotten your first love. You You don't run with me. And I hold that against you. Just like the person, you remember back to the analogy, the person that you're dating, well you're not doing anything wrong, but you don't spend time with them. This is how God sees us. For the prophets to get close to God, you had to make a sacrifice every day, sometimes multiple times a day, so that you could get into the presence of God. But now that God has sent Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, you don't have to go into a temple. You could be in His presence every time you close your eyes or every time you open your Bible through Jesus. So, with that in mind, begin to ask yourself, begin to work this into your soul. How can I lay aside the things that are not bad in and of themselves? Just like weights, just like a backpack isn't bad in and of itself, but it can weigh you down. It can prevent you from running. How do you begin to work through that? How do you begin to balance? I'm not telling you, you know, burn your phone and throw your TV in the lake. I'm not telling you to do those things. Your your parents will kill you if you do those things. But there is a balance that needs to take place. Do you even care that some of these things weigh you down? Let's begin to talk about this. Listen to the warnings from the prophets and look to Christ. Let's pray together.